Hello and welcome to the Vexillogicast. From a city that was technically within Maryland's boundaries until the boundary dispute caused Cresap's war in 1730s, I'm Simon the Cannibal. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about three state flags of the United States, specifically Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Maryland. As always, more information can be found on vexillogicast.com. That is V-E-X-I-L-L-O-G-I-C-A-S-T dot com. And discussion can be found on the subreddit r slash Simon the Cannibal. First up today is a rather disappointing showing from Connecticut. Connecticut's flag dates back to the 1600s, but was officially adopted, like many state flags, in the 1890s. As it currently stands... It is three grapevines on a white seal on a blue background, and there exists a small script underneath that says, in Latin, those who are transplanted continue to sustain. The story behind this flag is basically that the Saybrook colony, which is a constituent colony of what later became the Connecticut colony, formed the base of the seal of Connecticut and the seal that is on the flag of Connecticut. At one point in time, there were 15 grapevines on this white seal, which represented 15 of the different cities in Connecticut, but this was later changed to three for simplicity, and it is now considered to represent the three oldest cities in Connecticut. As I mentioned, it's nothing too, too exciting. It is the classic seal on a bedsheet flag, although it is significantly simpler than most seal on bedsheet flags. So again, that is three grapevines, on a white shield, on a blue background, and under the white shield there exists a banner in Latin. Next up is the Massachusetts flag. The Massachusetts flag went the opposite route of the Connecticut flag, and instead has a blue shield on a white background. It's got a little bit more to the shield, uh, the coat of arms, than Connecticut does, but suffice to say that there's a little Indian on there, and the Indian has a bow and arrow, and the arrow is pointing down as a symbol, as a nod towards peace. This flag has variously represented Massachusetts since 1776, although its previous form was adopted in 1908. Again, this is one of those turn-of-the-century flags. And it was slightly modified in 1971 when they made it so that both sides matched. In 1908, they chose a flag that was, on one side, the blue coat of arms of Massachusetts, and on the other side, a blue coat of arms looking thing with a green pine tree in the center. So again, nothing too special here with the current Massachusetts flag, though I will say that there was a giant missed opportunity here, that being of incorporating the pine tree flag into the symbols of Massachusetts. Before I get into hitting Massachusetts on the head with my, ah, you could have had a better flag stick, I will say that they do currently have a naval ensign, although they do not have a navy, And that naval ensign is a white flag with a green pine tree on it. Massachusetts is one of the two states that has a naval ensign, the other being Maine, which was at one point in time part of Massachusetts. Now I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent and talk about the pine tree flag that really should have been incorporated in the current symbolism of Massachusetts because there's just a lot of cool little history here. A big part of Massachusetts' original economy was harvesting pines for shipbuilding. Their pines grew up to 150 feet tall, 
And in fact, there was various decrees from the King of England that reserved certain sized pines for the King's Navy as restrictions and taxes and regulations got stricter and stricter leading up to the War of Independence. In 1772, there was a pine tree riot. And this riot was one of the first acts of aggression of the American Revolutionary War, and something I didn't know about until I was reading up on the pine tree flag. This pine tree riot kind of instilled this idea of the pine tree as a patriotic New England symbol, a patriotic Massachusetts symbol. And so that's why we have a pine tree on the traditional Bunker Hill flag. The traditional depiction of the pine tree flag is that of a white flag with a green pine tree with the words appeal to heaven written underneath. And the words appeal to heaven are a reference to John Locke and where a populace can look for justice and for the right to overthrow a government. Obviously, John Locke being a major influence on the American Revolution. I wanted to quickly mention three cities in Massachusetts. First up, Boston, with a terrible flag. I do have to say Boston. If anyone is listening in Boston, please, please, please change your flag. It's really bad. It is the classic seal on a bedsheet. It is a white seal with a gold ring with a blue background. And I'm not going to describe it because it looks like every other seal on a bedsheet that has ever existed. Nantucket, however, has a very interesting flag in that it is a blue swallowtail bergie, and that is to say a flag that looks like the flag of the state of Ohio, kind of a pennant with a chunk taken out of the tail. On this blue bergie is a white whale facing the fly, and behind the white whale is a compass rose consisting of a harpoon pointing north and a rope making a ring around the whale. It's a very interesting flag, and really, it, it strikes me well. The final city flag of Massachusetts I wanted to mention was the flag of Tauntaun, which, to my knowledge, has no relation to the Star Wars creature, but is, according to the mythology, one of the first American flags, quote-unquote. It is a British red ensign, from 1774. So again, this is the Union flag before the current Union flag, the one without St. Patrick's saltire. And in the red field of the red ensign is written Liberty and Union. According to legend, it was flown as a protest flag and flown in the town square of Tauntaun in 1774, making it interesting in being one of the oldest U.S. flags and one of the few flags that was not directly a military flag. Again, this is a political protest flag. So that, that's very interesting to me, seeing that most flags of this era are, you know, which group of guys should I be shooting at? Finally, speaking of shooting at folks and Cresap's War, the flag of Maryland. The flag of Maryland in its current state officially dates from 1904, although it obviously predates that quite a bit in fashion. The flag of Maryland is the coat of arms of George Calvert, Lord Baltimore. The heraldic blazon of this flag is, and I quote, quarterly, first and fourth, paley of six oar and sable, a bend counterchanged, second and third, 
quarterly argent and gules, across botany counterchanged. And if you were an armorist, you would know exactly what I meant. Suspecting, as I do, that you are not familiar with terms of heraldry, I'll give you a little layman's tour of the flag. Basically, it is a flag of four quadrants. In the top left and bottom right, there are six vertical stripes, and these stripes go gold, black, gold, black, gold, black. Although, going diagonally from top left to bottom right, there is a diagonal stripe that goes in opposite sequence. So it goes black, gold, black, gold, black, gold. According to lore, this is part of the arms granted to Lord Baltimore during some military action where he stormed some palisades. And so these vertical stripes are meant to represent the palisades that he stormed. In the top right and bottom left quadrants is a cross botany. And this is a cross like you would imagine, except on the tips of the cross, there are little crosslets such that you could snip off one of the arms of the cross and still be left with another cross. And this is also a bit strange because this cross is also divided into quadrants such that the top left quadrant of the cross has a white field with a red piece of cross, but the top right quadrant of the cross has a red field and a white piece of cross. So if you were to draw this on a piece of paper, you'd make a little outline of this cross with the crosslets. You would color the bottom left and top right fields red, and you would color the top left and bottom right crosses red, cross parts red. Very difficult to describe, but very interesting to look at. Very, I would even go so far as to say very pleasant to look at. Interestingly, it wasn't combined as such until fairly recently, as I mentioned, 1904, and instead was variously used to represent different pieces of Maryland. And this is why you see the flag of Baltimore, which we'll get to in a second, just being the gold and black stripey part. Before I get into that, I did want to mention that this is a bad pun in that George Calvert's mother's line of the family was the crosslands, and so that is why there is a cross on a land. So this gets back to the idea of heraldic canting. You might look at this and say, oh, there's a cross on a field, cross land, Oh, this guy's mom was Crossland, right? Great. The red and white cross was, interestingly, taken up by the supporters of the Confederacy during the Civil War. While Maryland never seceded, it had a large contingent of supporters of the Confederacy in its midst. Apparently, you could find various Confederate soldiers that had this cross botany on their hats or on their apparel representing that they were from Maryland and opposed to the Union. And the Union naturally used the black and gold stripe part to represent pro-Union forces from Maryland. A very interesting flag, a very contentious flag, voted one of the best state or provincial flags in North America. But to some people, it just really turns them off. I'm not one of those people. I really like this flag. 
And so, to wrap up, I wanted to talk about some other great flags that you can find in Maryland. First and foremost, there is the flag of Baltimore, which I think does a fantastic thing. And it takes the state flag of Maryland. It takes part of it, specifically the black and gold vertical stripe part, and puts a seal on it, the seal of the battle monument in Baltimore. I'm not a big fan of the seal, but it's simple enough that it can be reproduced. It definitely gives you a grounding of, hey, that flag must represent someplace in Maryland. And I think that's fantastic for a flag. A second interesting flag, and I'm not sure how much I like it, is the flag of Ocean City, Maryland. I couldn't find much information on it, but it is a light blue and white flag that I can't quite describe all that well. Imagine, if you will, a flag of three horizontal stripes, the top stripe being white, the bottom stripe being blue, and the middle stripe starting blue, having an O about halfway, and then the, the blue turning into a C, the letter C that is, and finishing out white, such that the flag kind of looks like a wave, and it also has the initials OC for Ocean City in it. I would very much like to learn more about this flag if anyone has any information. Another flag I don't have much information about, but I wanted to mention was the flag of Rockville, Maryland, which looks like someone saw the flag of Friesland, which I mentioned in an earlier episode, and said, hey, let's do that. It is five diagonal stripes, that stripe from the top left to the bottom right of blue, white, blue, white, blue. These stripes are a bit wavy. And in the white stripes, there are six red crosses botany. So three in each white stripe. I would love to learn more about where exactly this flag came from, who came up with it, how they were inspired, because it's a very interesting and very compelling flag to look at. Finally, I wanted to wrap this episode up by mentioning the flag of Greenbelt, which kind of takes us back to the pine trees. And this is a very easy flag to describe. It is a horizontal triband of green, white, green. And in the center of the white stripe is a geometric representation of a pine tree. That is to say, a green equilateral triangle with a little trunk jutting out at the bottom. I couldn't find any information about the flag, which again, I call to you and I ask for your help, but it is a very compelling flag and a very striking in your face kind of flag in its simplicity. And reading up on Greenbelt, I didn't know this, but apparently during the Great Depression, the federal government founded three green blank towns, which were Greenbelt, Greendale, and Green Hills all of which were meant to resettle tenement farmers into cooperative towns where they could have their own farms and be self-sustaining. A very interesting little history, a very interesting thing that I did not know that they did during the Great Depression, and I should say Great Depression slash New Deal, but it definitely had me wiki-wandering for quite a bit there when I was researching this episode. All right, I hope you've learned something this episode. As always, more information at vexillogicast.com, discussion, r slash Simon the Cannibal, and me, 
at cannibal underscore Simon on Twitter. I have no idea what I'll be doing for the next episode, so please feel free to make suggestions. But until then, best wishes from the Vexilogicast.